so hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Curious. Um, I'm Dr. Alex Marsh and today we're joined, uh, Alan and I are joined by a special guest, um, Dr. Giuseppe Apria, um, who is an official veterinary officer at the Experimental Zooprophylactic Institute of Abruzzo and Molense. Um, and in recent times with COVID-19, people have become more aware of viruses um, and just uh, what a harm they pose to you know, our lives in general. Uh, but today with our guest, we're going to be discussing a different type of virus called bacteriophage. And I'm going to let Alan open up the questions today. Okay, so um, it's a pl real pleasure to um, have you on the uh, podcast today, Giuseppe. But um, just before we talk about what bacteriophage are, um, you, you've worked on them for many years, as well as other foodborne viruses such as norovirus. But uh, just recently, you had been involved in the uh, COVID-19 testing, and your uh, the north regions of Italy were very uh, hard hit with this. So how are things with this now? Are you back to doing your normal research or are you still involved in helping with this work? Uh, good evening to everybody and thanks for having given me the chance today to be with you. Yes, so in Italy we have been hit by COVID-19 since end of January, beginning of April and at the moment we have a total 230,000 cases. And uh, fortunately, the things are getting better. Yesterday, we only had 300 more positivities. So we are at the stage three of the pandemic. Uh, in Italy, I also uh, played a role in, uh, in this situation. Uh, me, like many other colleagues of mine, we were employed also in PCR analysis for the COVID-19 tests on human samples. And uh, at the moment, since the situation is getting better, I'm starting to be back in my activities, but we are still focusing on research for COVID-19. So uh, in research in particular, we are working now for trying to understand the potential presence of SARS-CoV-2, uh, which is the coronavirus involved in, uh, of course, in COVID-19. So it's presence and persistence in water samples in marine to understand uh, also the role, potential role of uh, edible bivalve mollusks to concentrate these viruses. So we are trying to understand if clams and oysters that are going to be food for humans can collect and bio-magnify these viruses into the sea. And I'm also involved in research related to the detection of SARS-CoV-2 on surfaces on, uh, of hospitals or also of restaurants to understand how it can uh, persist on this kind of matrices. So these are the activities that are now involving, in which now we are involved for, for the COVID-19. So if we move back to our main topic we want to talk about of these uh, bacteriophages, can you explain to us what a bacteriophage is and how would that be similar or different to these other viruses that people may now be a bit more familiar with? Yes, so bacteriophages are actually phages. They have been some of the first phage viruses to have been studied because the biggest phages have the most parts in the, in the morphology, in the structure, 
which are easy to be studied when we speak about viruses. So like all the other viruses, they have a head, they could have a tail and fibers, but differently from the viruses that we generally know to infect people or animals or plants, these kind of viruses, bacteriophages, they don't actually kill eukaryotes, so eukaryotic cells, but they are specifically active against prokaryotes. So they are viruses infecting and killing only bacteria. So similar to viruses, they are viruses, but different because they are not the typical viruses we know infecting people or other eukaryotic cells. So are studies of uh, bacteriophages new, or is this just something that's only been possible in recent times? No, phages have been discovered in 1915 and 1917. So there have been some of the first microbiological entities to be found in nature. Um, the things are that the studies started to be more efficient before the discovery of antibiotics. Uh, after the discovery of antibiotics from 1940s to 1950s, the science didn't really give too much light on bacteriophage anymore, but they've been studied since the beginning of the 19. Okay, so uh, and what areas of phage research have you been looking at? Mm -hmm. So uh, bacteriophages can be good or can be bad, uh, even if they are not dangerous for humans. Uh, they can be bad when they, in such way, can afflict human food productions, for example while they can be good when we can use them to kill bacteria which are dangerous for humans. So in my activities, in the, in the first moment, I started to study phages from a bad perspective. So when they were killing lactic acid bacteria, which are important for the production of Italian water buffalo mozzarella cheese. So I started with isolating phages that at that time were bad because they were uh, creating problems to the production of the mozzarella cheese. Instead, lately, I started to isolate these phages against uh, foodborne bacterial pathogens like Listeria monocytogenes and Campylobacter. And from this point of view, they, uh, they have gone to be considered good entities because they can kill these bacteria which are dangerous for humans. So... In, in terms of the uh, bacteria, then, um, bacteria are obviously another cause of major diseases. And one of the things in how we treat those has been the antibiotics that you've mentioned. But um, people will now be aware of that antibiotic resistance has become a major problem. And it's difficult to develop new antibiotics. And there hasn't been much progress on the new types of antibiotics. So if if we have these uh, phage which can fight um, bacteria like this, is this this is a potential way then of as an alternative to antibiotics? And would that do they also become uh, res do the bacteria also become resistant to phage like they can do with antibiotics? Uh, yes. So, yes, they can, because bacteria, like all the natural entities, they can also adopt some antiviral mechanisms in order to prevent them from being attacked and killed from phages. But one, one of the most, for example, way they 
they act is to modify their cell surface in order to uh, distract phages and uh, phages can't recognize this bacteria any longer. But what is nice to, to underline is that some of these activities that bacteria took in taking place are not really efficient. So sometimes bacteria gets uh, less uh, strong in nature, so they um, start to um, be destroyed easily from the, from the environment. So these mechanisms are not really efficient always. And it's also demonstrated when that when uh, phages are not in the place where the bacteria is, the bacteria tend to evolve in phage sensitivity again. So it's not really something bacteria always have. They try to get sensible, sensitive to phages back when phages are not in the environment. So, um, and something also good is that in uh, an opinion of the European Food Safety Authority studying on these resistance mechanisms, it was showed that some uh, Listeria strains, when they get resistant to phage, these mutants are less uh, resistant to some other antibiotics. So it looks like bacteria that are getting resistant to phages, they go back to sensitivity to some antibiotics, which is something good. And do the phages and do they also um, evolve and change in the same way that bacteria do? Yes, but phages, just because they are viruses, they tend to modify faster than bacteria do. So that's also something good. If bacteria gets resistant to phages, it's demonstrated that bacteriophages can evolve more rapidly to get aggressive to that uh, modified strain again. So this is also another mechanism that is about against the resistance acquired by bacteri bacteria to bacteriophages. So the use then of the bacteriophage as a possible alternative to antibiotics, that look, looks to be something that's very promising, but is that something that is currently used? Um, can we can we use can we use them in that way? So in uh, in some countries like in Georgia and in Russia, um, bacteriophages are continuously used in human therapy. So there are some some uh, alternatives of to drugs which are used, but only in East countries. In Europe, not in therapy and nor in decontamination, phage are allowed to be used. Uh, not because they are considered uh, dangerous, but just because in uh, European countries, we just say that studies are not enough robust to um, demonstrate the efficacy and safety of these microorganisms. Uh, even because mostly of the literature is written in Russian in the past and it has not, never been translated. So um, mostly of the data are not really easy to understand. That's what European people say. Um, but in Europe, there is a draft regulation, uh, which are being to be, is going to be discussed in the European Parliament, and it, it, it is uh, discussed in the European Parliament, uh, for the, po the potentiality of bacteriophages to be used in the future against uh, uh, contaminations for Listeria in ready-to-eat products. And uh, at the moment, phages are mostly used uh, in... Um, 
diagnose, diagnostic techniques, like for example, the fish amplification techniques are some techniques used in the laboratories to try to detect even small amounts of bacteria in some samples. Um, so, so how is it easy is it to work with phage? Um, do you need to work in like a special laboratory? How do you collect or, or grow them? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, to culture bacteriophage is not difficult. Uh, it is important to have two things. Uh, one, to have in mind that uh, phages are present in the same environment where the bacteria, so the host, is present. So, for example, if you want to look at Campylobacter bacteriophages, you go into poultry farms in the chicken feces, or if you are looking for Listeria bacteriophages, you can go in cheese factories, and you can find them in wastewaters environments, in manure. So uh, it's important to focus where the bacteria could be to try to find there also the bacteriophages. Then, like the class of laboratory, depends on the bacteria that you are using as hosts. So if the bacteria is of class two bacteria, so not dangerous ones, the class two uh, safety uh, laboratory are enough. But if you are going to find phages against Brucella or against more dangerous bacteria, you can need even the class three laboratories. So it depends. the phages are not dangerous, but mm -hmm. their host could be. So it's related to the how dangerous the host is about for the uh, definition of the laboratory class for their uh, management. Right. Um, and how do you see things changing in the field of uh, virology post-COVID-19. Uh, do you think we're going to see an increase um, in research in other areas in, um, of other viruses so we can get a better understanding of viruses as a whole? Mm -hmm. So uh, SARS-CoV-2 is a new uh, virus and as all the new viruses, more research needs to be uh, done deeper. Uh, I found some recent articles where they link bacteriophages and SARS-CoV-2. Uh, in particular, for example, they discovered some bacteriophages that express some proteins, external proteins, which are very similar to SARS-CoV-2 proteins. And they so could be used in ELISA test for antibody detection against SARS-CoV-2. Some other research articles are trying to understand if bacteriophages can be used to introduce vaccines into humans. For example, it has been shown that some bacteriophages can include SARS-CoV-2 into their envelope, and so they can be they could be used to, intro, to introduce the to vehicle the vaccines. And then, of course. Uh, COVID-19 COVID uh, is uh, related to many secondary bacterial infections and bacteriophages could be used to fight secondary bacterial infections that can be often the, the cause of people's death of all the immunocompromised and the elderly. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Giuseppe. We had a really interesting chat about um, viruses. Thank you very much. Yep, thank you, Giuseppe. And mm -hmm. it's uh, good to see uh, one of the more positive sides of uh, viruses and how we might use them for good, such as the um, an alternative to antibiotics and also for our molecular genetics studies. So thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Thank you guys for having invited me. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this Andor Technology Podcast. Andor is an Oxford Instruments business, specializing in the design and manufacture of market-leading imaging and spectroscopy solutions for the scientific research market. For more information on our products and services, please visit andor.com.